Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skyzoo live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. Come to you after a, for me at least, I don't know about you, but a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. Absolutely fantastic Thanksgiving weekend that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. A lot of food, relaxation, little basketball in there. You know, usually there's a lot of football in there at this time, but we got some basketball up in there. Enjoyed it, and I hope everybody else did. Had a safe, happy, and healthy Thanksgiving. But we got so much to talk about. We are back this week with a lot of news going on in the NBA, a lot of teams streaking. We will get into that. Huge matchup coming up tomorrow night. John Morant avoided a major injury scare. We're also going to talk some Milwaukee Bucks basketball. My man Andrew Goodman from Brew Hoop will be here on the show joining me to talk some Bucks basketball, so I'm really excited about that as well. Talk about looking at some games tonight, some NBA picks, as well as a big matchup tomorrow. And that's what we're going to start with first, the big matchup that is coming tomorrow. This is really the first game this year where you're going to have a lot of buzz around this game. A lot of people are going to be excited for what is coming in this game. And it's the Warriors versus the Suns. The best two teams in the NBA, the Warriors with the best record in the NBA at 18 and 2. The Suns, 17 and 3. What's really impressive in the real story here, 16 games in a row won by the Suns. That is the second most, second longest win streak, I should say, in franchise history by the Phoenix Suns. 16 in a row. Came to New York, demolished the Knicks on Friday, handled the Nets pretty easily on Saturday. They're looking good. Look, the Warriors, they're streaking themselves too. Eight in a row for the Warriors. And they've played incredible basketball. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with my man Gerard Hector. And look, I'm excited for this because these guys are playing well. Now, we've talked a lot about how impressed I've been with the Warriors thus far this season on this show. But let's talk a little bit about the Suns. Because the Suns, as I said, 17-3, and 16 games in a row. Really impressive. Devin Booker's playing really well, shooting over 40% right now from downtown. And it's funny because you always think about him as a really good shooter, but he really hasn't shot that well. He was shooting 37% a couple weeks ago, and he's sort of streaking right now through this really hot streak. But he's looking like an all-NBA player. Chris Paul, he's doing Chris Paul things, right? He became the first player the other night to reach 20,000 points. I believe it was 10,000 rebounds. And five is excuse me, ten thousand assists and five thousand rebounds. First player to ever do that. So salute to Chris Paul for that. 
and we know about his legendary career. But I think last year, if we're really being honest about the Suns, there was a lot of talk about, okay, well, the Suns just kind of made it here because this team had injuries, the Lakers, or this broke this way, or this didn't happen for them. Suns, just they haven't really got that respect. And I get that. I talk about this all the time with the Utah Jazz. Nobody's going to really respect it till they get it done in the postseason. But the Suns should have some respect. They got to the finals, right? But still, I think a lot of people think that it was a fluke. So the Suns didn't get that respect. We also saw this with the Bucks, who the Suns played in the finals, right? And nobody respected them until they broke through and got it and won it all. And we'll talk a little bit later when Andrew comes on about how they still probably are still facing some disrespect, as we have seen with the Suns. But the Suns have done this, and it cannot also be mentioned about what they've dealt with in terms of the allegations surrounding Robert Sarver and how they've held it together through this time, going on the 16-game winning streak, doing what they've done. It's been absolutely impressive. But this is a team that I think people should look at and say, look, they've got the continuity. They've got players that have been through the fire, had a long playoff run, deep into the finals and sometimes with teams that the Suns are pretty pretty much a young team practically outside of Chris Paul their leader and I think that matters and I'll get to that in a second but outside of that these are a lot of young guys who went through that playoff run deep for the first time whether it was Booker or DeAndre Ayton or Mikel Bridges right these are guys that hadn't done it before but they have but what's been interesting is sometimes with these young teams you see a letdown the next year after a team has a really great playoff run, especially when they do it with young guys. We're seeing it this year with the Atlanta Hawks, the way they started their season at least. They had a great deep playoff run to the Eastern Conference Finals and didn't have that same energy, maybe a little bit of a hangover off of success. And they haven't had that same energy that they had or we saw last year through the end of the season into the playoff run. But these Suns, nah, that hasn't been the case. They've kept that same energy. They look focused. I think a lot of that has to do with Chris Paul, and they're formidable. And I think they probably, you can even say they might even have to play their best basketball. I know some people might listen to that or watch and say, Dex, that's crazy. It's crazy. They won 16 straight. Yeah, but I still don't even think they played their best basketball. They've got great contributions from JaVale McGee, who's been a fantastic backup center, particularly even when DeAndre Ayton was out. This is a team that looks motivated. And I think this is going to be a fantastic showdown on Tuesday night. I really do. The Warriors are playing great ball. They're playing great ball. The Warriors continue to win. They win last night, yesterday afternoon, I should say, for those on the East Coast. Another great win over the Clippers, in which Curry looks dominant and focused. And that, like, he can't be stopped. This team, it looks like a well-oiled machine. Then we get the news. James Wiseman. Clay Thompson, they're going to be practicing with the G League Warriors. So they look like they're close. I keep talking about that. The Warriors just look like this well-oiled machine. And so you're going to have this team that's very balanced in the Suns on Tuesday night. This will be late game on TNT, on national TV. Everybody gets to see this, and I think it will be fantastic against this machine in the Warriors that seems to be rolling really well. Really well. 16-game winning streak on the line, 8-game winning streak on the line. Yeah. Safe to bet somebody's winning streak will end there. I will talk a little bit later in the show about who I like to win that game as we preview that. But boy, I'm excited for this. I think this is the first real exciting matchup that we have at the season. 
we're at that point that we've talked about. Gerard and I will talk about this on Wednesday. We're at that quarter mark of the season, 20 games in. And this is kind of the first real, I think, big, juicy, sexy matchup that a lot of people will tune into on Tuesday night. It's nice to have one of these before we get to Christmas. Because I know Christmas is the day that everybody tunes into the NBA. But it's nice to see one of these before we get there. This is a real sexy matchup. And you should be excited to watch that because I know I definitely will. Now, I also talked about John Morant. John Morant had an injury scare the other day that had a lot of people concerned, right? Looked like it could be a serious injury. And there's still no diagnosis fully in terms of a timetable. Um, we know that it was a knee sprain and that Taylor Jenkins, coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, says that he will miss a couple of weeks, at least a couple of weeks. So it's interesting, no official timetable for his return. There's no tears or ligament damage to the left knee, which is great for the Grizzlies. And obviously, John Morant, that is absolutely good news. This is a team that got off to a surprising start. John Morant was playing really well through the first five or six games. And I even talked about on this show how we could maybe look at him for a possible MVP candidate. And look, the Grizzlies, they've been up and down since then. Their defense is not good. It's worse in the league right now. They're dead last in defensive rating, and it hasn't been good. And you wonder, even if he's out for a couple of weeks, how this hurts this team where they are going to get offense. He is the star, the star excuse me, the straw that stirs the drink. He is the engine that makes this Grizzlies team go. And now Tyus Jones moves into the starting lineup. You're going to get more minutes from DeAnthony Melton. It's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. But big picture, it's good news for the Grizzlies that there was no structural damage. There were no ligament tears. John Morant will be okay, and he avoided serious injury. So that's great news for the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, another point guard that we talked about that I don't think many people thought about or talked about recently around the NBA. John Wall. John Wall been sitting out with the Houston Rockets, not playing as he and the team had tried to work on agreement in terms of him not playing and that maybe there will be a buyout. That was the thought of what could happen. But right now, that hasn't been the case. Nobody's been willing to trade for John Wall. It's been very interesting to see what will happen. John Wall has now met with general manager Raphael Stone and coach Steven Silas talking about his desire to return to the team. It'll be interesting to see that happen. Look, the Rockets have been terrible. They haven't been good. They've won two in a row. But could John Wall help them? Yes. I think what we're seeing here is John Wall pretty much knows, all right, the only way for me to get my trade value up or if somebody actually will want to trade for me is to see me play. And this is just where he is. Now, I still don't know if anybody wants to trade for that contract. That's going to be interesting. But we will see about that. So. Watch out, John Wall could be returning to the Rockets soon. I don't know how that's going to go, what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to trade for John Wall, but that's something to absolutely keep your eye on. One other news and notes, and this surrounds the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll be talking to my man Andrew Goodman about this soon. The Bucks signed DeMarcus Cousins. This is of note because they've had the injuries to Brooke Lopez, who's been out for a while, and DeMarcus Cousins. We've seen a spot. We saw him in the Clippers. We saw what he could do. I'm going to ask Andrew about that and what he thinks DeMarcus can do for the team and how he can help them. So DeMarcus Cousins is a guy who could help stretch the floor, does a little bit of what Brooke Lopez does. We know the talent. We know about the injury history that he's had. But I think he's a guy who could absolutely help the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's some stuff to keep your eye on. 
two Kentucky guys, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. How are they going to impact the teams that they're on and what can happen with all of that? Should be interesting. But, guys, I'm so excited, really excited about that matchup coming up on Tuesday. Suns-Warriors, that's absolutely going to be a good good one. What we're going to do, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have Andrew Goodman, my man from Brew Hoop. Last time we talked to him, the Bucks hadn't won the championship. And I know he was really excited. This time he's coming back as somebody's covering the team. They won the championship. Bucks off to a slow start, but they're looking like they're starting to bounce back. They've won seven in a row, guys. We will see how that goes when we come back on the NBA Exchange. Some are always looking for more sports content, and among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. The Sports Walk is back. Watch Season 4 of Backpack Broadcasting's original, award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets. Literally, in these streets. The first three seasons and current season, with new episodes every Monday, are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. All right, welcome back to the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. And like I said, we're going to talk some Bucks basketball. We haven't done that in a while. Joining me is my man, Andrew Goodman. He writes for Brew Hoop. Andrew, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning to you, Dexter. And I really appreciate you extending the invitation once again to be on a guest on your show. Oh, man. You know, I always like to talk to you about some Bucks hoops. So I'm, I'm glad you're well. I'm glad you were uh, able to join me here. I got to ask you, because the last time I saw you and was able to talk to you, the Bucks had not won the championship. I knew you were nervous uh, about it and how it was all going to go down. What was it like just seeing the team finally win? you know, covering them after all the articles you guys wrote for Brew Hoop. What was it like, you know, basking in that championship glory? You know, it's it still doesn't feel real, if I'm being honest with you. And I remember last time we spoke, it was after um, the Bucks had dropped game one to the Atlanta Hawks. Then they go on, of course, to win the championship. Now I'm talking to you again, and they're on the seven-game win streak. So I'd like to think that you're part of a good omen for the Milwaukee Bucks. But, <laughs> you know, like I said, it's still, still something that doesn't feel real. And the championship still hasn't set in, but... You know, it feels like a weight, and I know I speak collectively to a lot of uh, Bucks Nation, just feels like a weight has been lifted off uh, the shoulders and a prophecy has been fulfilled. 
you know, um, Bucks fans, we've gone, you know, and a lot of franchises have gone through terrible ownership, uh, management decisions, GM decisions, all that, you know, drafting, really bad draft picks. But, you know, now it's all worth it when you win that championship and, you know, you win that one ring in the Giannis era. And it feels like whatever happens now is just icing on the cake. And if it doesn't happen again, then, you know, I can at least say I saw the Milwaukee Bucks win a championship in my lifetime, which if you would ask me this a few years ago, I would have laughed in your face and said, there's no way that's happening. You thought it wasn't, it wasn't happening at all. I got to ask you this, Andrew, because you talked about seeing them win. And, you know, usually I feel like when a team wins a championship, a lot of people will elevate them. Hey, they're champions. Uh, next year, can they repeat? But the, I, I don't know how you felt about this, but I watched a lot of predictions this year before this season started. And I felt the Bucks didn't get that respect in terms of, all right, this is a team that can repeat. They can do it again. Did you see that? And do you still think the Bucks haven't gotten that respect and that will fuel them and motivate them throughout this season? You know, when you talk about um, the media and small markets, there's always going to be just a little bit, and, you know, I say a little bit in quotes here, a little bit of bias um, towards those big market medias where when you look at the Bucks, people might think, oh, you know, their championship was a fluke. And in my opinion, there's no such thing as a fluke championship. All championships go down the same way. And I think a lot of that had to do with they played a Brooklyn Nets team with um, Kyrie Irving going out and then James Harden was playing on one leg, but they still had to deal with, you know, a GOAT like effort from Kevin Durant for seven games. And then, you know, obviously Trey Young, really unfortunate, goes down with an injury as well um, later in that Eastern Conference Finals. So I think a little bit of that had to fuel um, the narrative coming into the season when you're um, thinking if the Bucks can repeat. But I think when you're looking at the Bucks team as a whole, I don't think they really listen to the outside noise. They're not going to really change up what they do, and they're just going to go out there and play Bucks basketball like they have under um, Coach Bud the last few years. I think you will absolutely uh, see that. Now, to start this season, it wasn't great for the Bucks. They had a lot of injuries to start this season. How much do you think that impacted the team? You had Middleton out with COVID protocols. I talked about Brooke Lopez a bit earlier. How much did the injuries that the Milwaukee Bucks faced this season impact their slow start? You know, it, um, it was a mess. You know, Brooke Lopez, he plays that one game, the season opener against the Nets, and you think all things are fine and dandy, and it comes down that – he has a back injury and there's really no firm timeline on when or if he's coming back this season. We really haven't heard much from the Bucks and or any of these other um, reporters who cover basketball. And then, of course, Chris Middleton, who is now healthy, thankfully, dealing with COVID. That knocked him out for a little over two weeks. And then also Drew Holiday missed a handful of games, too, nursing an ankle injury as well after, um, I believe it was a game in San Antonio. So he went down early, too, and it really forced um, Mike Budenholzer's hand here. And I think this was both a blessing and a curse for the Bucks because now you're before, you know, they're now uh, gaining full health. But before that, you're having Giannis play with a lot of players off the bench. And there were experimenting with a lot of different lineups and guys who weren't really getting opportunities before the injuries are now, you know, being thrusted into playing upwards of 20 minutes a game. Guys like Jordan Nora and, you know, really forced their hand. But as I said, they're finally getting healthy. And as you know, it's really no shocker that now that they're getting healthy, they're on a seven game win streak. And now it looks like more importantly, Drew Holiday has got his legs under him. We know what he can do defensively, but the last four or five games or so, he's really, really turned up the notch offensively. So I think the Bucks injuries, of course, did play a big reason in why they did have their uh, early season struggles. But now getting healthier, winning more games. But it also looks like they have adjusted nicely to being without Brooke Lopez, as we know. 
Brooke Lopez's impact isn't really going to show up in the stat sheet, right? But what Brooke Lopez brings to the table for the Bucks in his interior um, defensive presence, obviously stretching the floor. We know he can knock down three-pointers. I think it also has put Giannis in a place where he has to play the five defensively and as a big man. We've seen him flourish as a big man offensively, but I think he has made very nice strides, big strides, I should say, defensively the last few weeks or so at the five. And also Milwaukee's rebounding. Another part of their struggles a few months, or last month, I should say, was they just weren't doing really well. Rebounding Brooke Lopez, obviously, played an integral role in helping the Bucks. you know, be constant leaders throughout the season in rebounding. But now I feel like Giannis is finally being comfortable where he can actually box out where we know when he shares the floor with Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is typically the one boxing out the bigger big man, a bigger opposing big man, and Giannis is just swooping in there for a rebound. But the first few games without Brooke Lopez, we saw Giannis. He was kind of all over the place, not really boxing out. But now, like I said, Giannis has made some big strides, and it's something, it's a treat to watch. Absolutely a treat to watch to see what he's doing on the defensive end, Andrew. You talked about how the injuries might have impacted some of the role players. You talked about Jordan Noir. I I feel like in watching the Bucs, you've seen the confidence of some of these role players that maybe even didn't even have an impact on the championship run or weren't part of the team like a Grayson Allen he's Mm -hmm. been really good and impactful to this team do you see the the confidence emerging you know as these role players is growing for these role players as they're being thrust into these roles where they're being asked to produce and do you think that bodes well for the Bucks down the road as we get later into the season and into the playoffs absolutely Grayson Allen has been a godsend for the Bucks on both ends of the floor and you know, when you think about it, they really got him for nothing from Memphis. And, you know, he was playing under Taylor Jen- Jenkins, a head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. And he was an assistant coach under Mike Boonoser in Milwaukee for a few years. So I wonder if there was a little bit of familiarity with the systems coming over from Memphis to Milwaukee when you're um, playing for a head coach that was an assistant under Budenholzer. But yeah, you could just see um, the confidence that Grayson Allen plays with and how he carries himself on the floor. And you know, it just it didn't take very long for him to develop a really strong on-court chemistry with Giannis. And, you know, due to the short and offseason, Grayson really didn't have that uh, that much time to really get familiar with the playbook and whatnot. But whatever he brings to the floor is just that floor spacing, that tenacious defense. Giannis already knows where to find him. And Grayson is a player who's very smart, high basketball IQ. He just knows how to move without the basketball, which is why he's such a great fit for the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, when you're talking about role players for the Bucks, Pat Connaughton, not sure what's gotten into him since um, last season's finals, but what he's done for the Bucks this season cannot be understated. He's shooting the ball from downtown at a very, very high percentage. And this is on almost seven three-point attempts per game too. So when you're looking at the Bucks and their seven-game win streak, their um, so-called bench mob and role players, they've, you know, played a big part in it just as much as Giannis has. And the other guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned Connaughton. He's been fantastic for the Bucks uh, from downtown. As you talked about attempting seven threes per game and shooting it at a high volume and a high percentage as well, too. We talked about Brooke Lopez. I mentioned in the show about the DeMarcus Cousins signing. Andrew, how impactful do you think DeMarcus Cousins can be? I feel like he kind of helps the team in the way where he helps stretch the floor, can also bang a little bit inside. Mm-hmm. Is this a guy you think that can come in and help the Bucks right away? You know, it's interesting. I have absolutely no problem the Bucks taking uh, a flyer onto Marcus Cousins as, as uh, the end of the bench. Really not sure about impact. When you're talking about regular season, they might throw him out there 
maybe 10, 12 minutes a game just to see what he can bring to the table and how he fits. But when you're talking down the road towards the postseason, I'm not not quite sure if he's going to be in the rotation come playoff time. But when you talk about DeMarcus Cousins, I think he's a player who's gotten a really bad, unnecessary reputation in the league. And I actually think he can be a good fit for Milwaukee's locker room. He did play with Drew Holiday as well. And it's just really unfortunate, the history of DeMarcus Cousins, when you look at his injury. It seems like that Achilles injury um, that happened a few years ago in New Orleans really just derailed his career, unfortunately. And before that, he was considered one of the best, if not the best big men. But when you're talking about Cousins in the Bucks, I think he can help in the regular season. You know, you're just throwing him out there. Say how he fits with um, some of the regulars, some of the starters, and also how he fits um, playing with some of the reserves too. But in, uh, when you're talking about the impact down the road, postseason, not really sure there will be much there, but have absolutely no problem the Bucks taking a flyer on DeMarcus Cousins at all. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what he can do and how he can help them in the regular season. Now, the Bucks are on a seven-game win streak, Andrew. Mm-hmm. They've played extremely well. Uh, over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with what we talked about, right? They've gotten healthier. Uh, how excited are you with the way they're playing? And I wanted to mention something. I, I took a look at the schedule coming up. Between mm-hmm. now and January 8th, when the Bucks played the Nets again for the second time this season, you guys played them in the opener. Uh, they have This is their schedule coming up. Indiana, Charlotte, Toronto, Miami, Cleveland, Houston, the Knicks, Boston, New Orleans, Dallas, Orlando, Detroit. So that's eight sub-500 teams in there. I think this is a really good opportunity for the Bucs to build on what they've had here with the seven-game streak and move even further up the Eastern Conference standings. Do you look for them to continue this good play as they get healthier, and do you think they can play even better than we've seen through the seven-game win streak? Absolutely. When you're uh, talking about the Bucs, I think the sky's the limit here. They're finally getting healthy, and like you said, they have a really nice stretch of schedule here against sub-500 teams. Ideally, I think they could win six to seven of those games. Who knows? Maybe eight. But I can't uh, get off the show without talking about Bobby Portis and what he's done for the Bucks. You know, when we're talking Bucks basketball here, Pat Connaughton, Grace Now, and a lot of these role players, you know, thrust into a big role have flourished. But Bobby Portis, what he's meant to this Bucks team, again, like Pat Connaughton, cannot be understated. He's really helped fill the fill the void without. Brooke Lopez, and I think this is also a big reason why the Bucks are in a seven-game win streak. Is if I checked my math correctly, Bobby Portis is averaging a career high in rebounds, and as we know, he's been one of the best three-point shooters in all of basketball this season. He's just a great leader to have on the court, has a vocal, vocal, vocal voice, if that makes sense, and he just knows where to be. He's a great communicator, and looking down the road for the Bucks, who knows if they're going to get Brooke Lopez back for this. Nice stretch of games, but odds are they're probably not going to have him if you're playing a bunch of teams that are under 500. There's no need to risk bringing him back that soon. But I think this is a great time for the Bucks to continue to ride that momentum and build some more chemistry now that they have their three main guys back in the fold. Yeah, I think that's absolutely huge for them. So when you look at the Eastern Conference and the, stand- and the standings, even though the Bucks got off to a slow start, they're right back there in the thick of the playoff race. But when you look at the East, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Bucks right now. Last season, I remember when we first talked, Andrew, we talked about sort of slaying the dragon with Miami, a, a right. team that had their number, and then they did that. Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, some people will say the Nets, but the Nets have had their own issues. Right. Who is the biggest threat to the Bucks right now? You know, I think the Miami Heat, they'll they'll still be in the conversation regardless that the Milwaukee Bucks uh, swept them last postseason. You know, the addition of 
Kyle Lowry and a coach, uh, team coached by Eric Spolstra. You can just never count, the, count them out. Tyler Hero is also playing basketball at a very high level. But I think two interesting teams to watch that could potentially upset the Bucs here. The, the Chicago Bulls, um, I think they've been a very fun team to watch. DeRozan has been really nice surprise for them, obviously. My two UCLA guys, Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball, have been balling as well. And also a team that has given the Bucks problem in the past is the, the Hornets. And I think when you're talking about fun teams to watch, like the Bulls, also are the Hornets. They play very fast, up-tempo, can score on anyone. So I think those are two teams to watch out. Really three if you're throwing the Miami Heat in there. But I'll go in a different direction. If I have to pick two teams that might you know, make things a little hairy for the Milwaukee Bucks, I'll go with the Bulls or the Hornets. All right, watch out for the Bulls and the Hornets, two teams that have been playing pretty well. Uh, so two teams to watch out for, for sure. All right, last thing for you, Andrew. You had to know this question was coming from me. Everybody wants to know. Okay, can the Bucks repeat as champs? We talked at the top of the segment about how they've been disrespected, mm-hmm. but I think all the talent is there and they got to get healthy. Can they repeat as champs and win it again back-to-back in 2021-2022? You know, repeating, never easy, regardless of the sport you're playing. But assuming the Milwaukee Bucks are 100% full strength going into the postseason, I think there's always there's a good chance of them repeating. I think when the Milwaukee Bucks are healthy, they're the best team in basketball. You can make the argument right now that maybe behind the Warriors or the Suns that the Milwaukee Bucks are, you know, the hottest team or best team in basketball. So I don't really, I can't really put a percentage on them repeating, but I like their chances if they are healthy going into the postseason. And again, it helps when you have Giannis Adetokounmpo, the best player in basketball, do it on both ends. They're going to have a chance in any series that they play. So give me the Bucks any chances, like I said, Giannis and the health going into the postseason. I think there's there's a chance. You can never count them out to repeat. There you go. There you have it. I like the, I like the confidence. We can see it again. That's going to make a lot of Milwaukee uh, Bucks happy. If they fans happy, if they can do this once again, Andrew Goodman, you can check his work out on Brew Hoop. Andrew, always good to have you on the NBA Exchange. So glad you were able to join me here today. We'll talk some more Bucks basketball again later in the season. All right. Sounds great. Thanks again for having me on. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Again, that's Andrew Goodman of Brew Hoop. Please go check out his work on Brew Hoop. It is fantastic. If you love the Bucks, that's a great site to check out. When we come back on the NBA Exchange, I'm going to give you my picks for Monday night, who you should pick, and also talk a little bit about the pick and who's going to win the big matchup on Tuesday night between the Warriors and the Suns. All that coming up when we return on the NBA Exchange. We are all adjusting to this new climate together, and we're doing things a little bit differently because the world is different since the last time we did a podcast and we are still bringing you the podcast you love while living that quarantine life use deodorant every day or no yes during the quarantine hell yeah still discussions of sports music and pop culture in a pod where it ain't hard to tell who keeps it real don't say that you don't see race whenever you say you don't see race it just shows me how privileged you are in a situation that you don't ever have to think about race no look at the words i'm using perhaps possibly maybe is it the smartest thing probably not is it too soon i would say so i went through so many things being short and just people would always underestimate me and always tell me like you're not gonna make it you're not good enough next come on son we just talked about this whether you listen or watch stay home be safe and subscribe to the ain't hard to tell podcast on youtube or your favorite audio streaming platforms today 
Impact Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. All right, we are back on the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. Thank you for rocking with me. Definitely thanks to Andrew Goodman of Brew Hoop once again for rocking with us. I believe that it was his third time on the show coming on to talk to some us about some Bucks basketball. So always good to hear from him. But as we always close out the show, give you a little NBA picks. We like to talk some sports betting here. Some of you guys like to pick betting on these NBA games. You want to make sure you do it right. I got three games for you that I like tonight. Well, I've always got three for you and then really four because we're going to talk about a game tomorrow. But my first game tonight involves the Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat. Now, remember, people, a couple of weeks ago, there was that beef between Nikola Jokic, Markeith Morris, the suspensions, Jimmy Butler talking. Everybody wanted to see each other in the locker rooms. All that was going down. Now those teams play again. But a lot has changed between those teams. Nuggets? They've been going in the wrong direction. They've had a lot of injuries, to be fair to them, right? Nuggets about to start a seven-game road trip, and they've lost six straight. Nuggets two and six on the road. So two and six away from the Mile High City. Not a great time to visit the Heat. They are six and two over their last eight games. So teams going in opposite directions right now. Not a good look. Now, Odds makers, and you know, we use BetMGM to look at our odds. These odds are via BetMGM. The Miami Heat right now, seven and a half point home favorites. And with everything that's going on with the Nuggets, their injuries, their poor play from home, and Jokic has been fantastic for them this season, but they've lost Michael Porter Jr. We know about Jamal Murray. P.J. Dozier now out for the season with an ACL injury. Will Barton's been in and out of the lineup. I think it's just too much for them to overcome. I think the Miami Heat have not forgotten about what went down last time. I think they're going to come out very inspired, looking to send a message. Seven and a half points. For some people, that might be a lot. I do not think this is a lot. I think this is a game Miami wins quite easily. and They are going to want to send a message at home. Give me the Miami Heat to cover. The seven and a half points. Give me them to win by eight or more in this contest at home in South Beach. Don't be shocked if Jimmy Butler has a big game. Wouldn't be shocked if you see a big one from Bam Adebayo trying to take it to Nikola Jokic, Tyler Hero. I think everybody's going to get in on the action. I think this is Miami, who's a very well-coached team, as we know. This is one where they want to make a statement. Give me the Miami Heat to cover. I would, I'd take them outright, but give you're not getting great odds on that. Give me the Miami Heat to cover here. I think it's a really good bet, and it's one that you would like to go with. Now, next better tonight, this is another Eastern Conference versus Western Conference matchup that I actually like, and it comes with a team in the Washington Wizards who are coming off 
a big win. And so were the San Antonio Spurs. They beat uh, the Boston Celtics on Friday, I believe that was. Yes, 96 to 88. They beat them on Friday. This is the third game in a four-game homestand. The Wizards also playing very well at the top of the East. They are third in the East right now with 13 and 7. And the Wizards on the road, they're three and a half point favorites. And look, I like the way the Spurs have been gritty. They fought in a lot of games, don't have enough talent. But the Wizards have been playing really well. I like how they bounced back. They've been coached well by Wes Unsell Jr. There's a collective team togetherness that I just like. And I think they're getting better on the defensive end. Wizards fans are excited down in D.C. The last show we talked to Karita Parks about that. I like the Wizards here on the road. I think they want to keep it going. They're starting to buy in. Bradley Beal's been playing better for them over the past few weeks. It's really encouraging that they got off to a great start without him shooting the ball really well, but he's starting to come around with his game. Give me the Wizards here on the road. I really like them to win and cover, all right? Three and a half point favors. I like them to cover on the road in San Antonio. I think San Antonio is a very scrappy team, and they'll have this these kind of season where they're in a lot of games, but I can't quite trust them to win this game thus far right now. So give me, give me the Washington Wizards on the road versus the San Antonio Spurs to cover. I think this is a nice bet that you can take there. If you really feel good about San Antonio playing at home, I know it's the third game of a four-game homestand for them, and you really like it, all right, try your luck with the money line. I believe they're plus 160, according to Bet MGM. But no, I like the Wizards here. I think the Wizards have been playing good. I think this is a game they know that they can win. They have to win these games like this, especially after their start through the first quarter of the season at 13-7. and Give me the Wizards to keep things going once again. Now, my last game for tonight involves the Los Angeles Clippers. Los Angeles Clippers, they just lost to the Golden State Warriors the night before, but the Pelicans are coming into town. The Pelicans, they've got some good news. Looks like Zion's back on the way. They've been playing a little bit better, but overall, I just don't think the Pelicans are really that good or in the class of what the Clippers have. The Clippers have been up and down over the past week, had some tough losses. Again, this is another thing in terms of me with these games I'm betting tonight. Teams that have to win the games against the teams that they know that they absolutely have to beat, right? And so while the Pelicans are improving and they're trying to cap a winning road trip, you know, they've been playing their 500 ball after losing 12 of their first 13 games to start the season. But I think the Clippers are just much better. They lost a tough game to the Warriors, and I think they bounce back here. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. At the Staples Center, yes, Staples Center's for now before it's the Crypto.com Arena, although I feel like I'm still going to call it Staples. I like the Clippers here. A lot of the money for them against the spread, six and a half points again, once again. Most of the money is on the Clippers, 65% of the bets on the Clippers against the spread, and 55% of the money on the Clippers in this contest. I like the Clippers here. The Pelicans still struggle to score 27th in points per game. Don't trust them. The Clippers, not a great offensive team right now, 22nd, but they've had some good things coming going for them. Marcus Morris is back. Serge Ibaka is back. Those things, I think, are going to help their offense overall, which I expect to improve throughout the season. They've been playing pretty decent defensively, and I just think them going up against a team in New Orleans who struggles to score outside of Brandon Ingram, who we know can put the ball in the basket, I think they will have a lot of problems with that. So give me the Clippers, and I like them to cover here. I just don't think that the Pelicans, even if they keep this close, are going to be able to score enough down the stretch. So give me the Clippers, minus 6.5. I like the Clippers here. So 
to review for this content. I love, and if you want to give me my best pick of the night, I absolutely love the Heat over the Nuggets. I think they're going to stomp the Nuggets down in South Beach. They're seven and a half foreign favorites. Give me the Heat. I like the Wizards as road favorites to defeat the Spurs down in San Antonio. And give me the Clippers in L.A. to cover minus six and a half over the Pelicans. Now, don't have all the lines and informations and what the matchup will open up tomorrow night, the big matchup that we're talking about. Two good games on TNT. Got Knicks-Nets in the early game. You got Warriors-Suns in the late game. Two really good matchups that should be interesting to watch. Now, Warriors-Suns. How should you bet that? How is that going to go? You don't have the lines and everything is out there. While I love what the Suns have been doing and how they've been playing on this 16-game streak, I always like a little bit of motivation for teams. And I feel like the Warriors are still going to find some motivation. That Everybody's going to talk about the Suns. They've won 16 in a row. I know they've won eight in a row. I think the Warriors really want to knock off the Suns. And don't get me wrong. I think the Suns also want to beat the Warriors because they want to prove that they think they are the best team in the NBA. But nah, I like the Warriors here for some reason. I think they're going to have their hands full with Steph. I feel better about them having another scorer who can really do something with his ball in his hands in the Warriors. They don't really have another premier guy like that until Clay returns, but their role players have played really well. I just see the Warriors really getting up for this matchup on the road, wanting to go in Phoenix to knock them off. So I don't know who's going to be favored. I assume it will be the Warriors because they have the better record on the road. But I like the Warriors coming out with a road win. I'd put some money on them looking at that. So keep your eye on the line with that tomorrow. I might do a little video talking about that as we have more information and more data on the line, the money line, et cetera, the over-under around that game. It'll be a good one to talk about. So maybe we'll put out some bonus content tomorrow to talk about that with that matchup because that's going to be a huge one i expect a lot of action on that a lot of eyeballs on that both games like i said on tnt talked about the knicks nets early and then the suns warriors warrior suns i should say later that night so a lot of eyeballs are going to be on that and i'm sure on wednesday when we do our nba with nuance with gerard we're going to talk about that coming up on wednesday we're going to talk a lot about what's going on around the league what teams we believe in right now around the league. We are at the quarter mark, 20 games. We talked about how important that mark is and what you can maybe derive from certain teams, right? Who's real? Who's not? This is the time where I think the real and the fake start really start to separate. Maybe who's a poser? Is the East as good as we think? There are a lot of teams bunched up there. The West, the two best teams right now, at least the way it looks record-wise in the NBA, are in the West. Are the Nets as good as their record has been? People still seem to be down to them. We'll talk definitely more about that later in the week. But so much to talk about concerning the NBA as we are about a quarter way through the 2021-2022 season. Real exciting stuff. Once again, special thanks to Andrew Goodman who joined us on this show. We appreciate him. We thank everybody, you, out there for watching. If you missed this, the live show, you can always listen on demand. You can watch it on demand as well. We're on all streaming platforms as well. Please continue to support us via our Patreon page if you want to make a donation to all the great content that we produce here at Backpack Broadcasting. So for this edition, Monday 1 of the NBA Exchange, we will be back on Wednesday. 
I'm Dexter Henry. Till next time, y'all. Peace.